from having birthday parties here when I was little to having my grandfather's funeral here. One of the best things I've come to learn is to trust God in everything that I do. Three weeks ago, I attended a senior mission trip to New Orleans for school. It was a 10-hour drive down to New Orleans Theological Seminary. We stayed in the dorms and ate there for breakfast and dinner. And throughout the day, we would go to job sites. My first day, my group went to City Central Park. Our job was to hand out waters on the hot day and witness to the people we handed out water to. The first step out of the van, I noticed two people sitting in their car with both their doors open. My teacher and I approached them with our waters and asked if they would like any. They immediately accepted and asked for the whole container that we had. We tucked it into their very full car and asked if they needed our prayers. The woman was named Judy and her husband was named Calvin. Calvin and Judy had sold their house a few months ago and had been living in their Kia Soul for a month. We stood there and prayed for around 10 minutes, and when we finished, Judy asked if she could pray for us. After her prayer, I opened my eyes to see her crying and saying how much she appreciated us and how thankful she was for us and how she had been praying to God to send someone her way and give encouragement. After we left their car to continue walking around the park, I couldn't stop thinking about how joyful and genuinely happy she seemed. In the midst of living on a, in a small, compact car and not having enough money to get a motel room, she still found ways to be happy and praise God. This made me think of past times where I have also needed God in my life to trust in Him. Growing up in this church has given me everything that I need to cultivate a relationship with God and grow in Him. This place has given me the ability to have a relationship with God where, as it says in Isaiah 41.10, I do not have to fear anything anymore, and I will be strengthened by him. I have come to trust God more thanks to, my, thanks to reinforcement from my fellow Christians here and abroad. And I firmly believe that God has put those people into my life to do so. Now I can count on him for things that I am uneasy about in the coming future. Good morning. My name is Ethan. Throughout my life, I have experienced so many things. Growing up in school, meeting new friends, and playing sports. All things that every child should enjoy and experience. One common theme that presents itself in every person's life is adversity. Adversity is a state or instance of serious difficulty and misfortune. Although I'm only 17 years old, I have experienced a lot of adversity in my life. Growing up from a young age, I always loved the sport of football. I just finished my last season this year. Sophomore year, my first year of varsity football, I dislocated my collarbone on the second day of spring practice. You might not think much of it, given that I was only a sophomore, but this set me back. I had to sit out of practice for eight weeks and lost all of that valuable time that I could have had on the field. This was frustrating, but I had to push forward. Going into my junior year, I was given the opportunity to play in my first game since the starter above me had gotten hurt. In the weeks before the first practice, my hip started to hurt. I wanted to play, so I didn't do anything about it. I played the first game through the pain, and coming back the week after, I could barely sprint. I got an x-ray, and it turned out that I had fractured a bone in my hip. I had to sit out for two games. Coming back after my injury, I got quarantined the first week I got back due to COVID-19 and had to set out another two games. I was able to come back from my last game, but I was sitting on the sideline because I had no time to play in practice or in games. 
This was really frustrating for me because this was the second year in a row that I had gotten hurt and I had lost half of my junior season. It was finally senior year and I thought everything was going well until I started to get sick after the first week of spring practice. I went to the hospital because I couldn't swallow one night and it turned out that I had both mono and strep throat. I knew that I would most likely not, to get, not get to play as much as I wanted to and this was really irritating because this was the third year in a row that I had gotten hurt or had to sit out of practice. This was when I had to focus on my position at long snapper. Throughout all of this, God was guiding me along my journey. Putting your trust and faith into God is an important aspect of our lives as Christians, trusting that he will guide us and watch over us, even through the worst times. At the end of the season, I was awarded Special Teams Player of the Year for my position at long snapper. Psalm chapter 112, verse 7 states, He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. God guided me through these difficult times, and this example showed me just how important it is to put your trust into God. Now, enough talking about me. How have you all shown your trust in God throughout your lives? Each and every person has experienced some type of adversity in their life, from failing a quiz in the seventh grade, all the way to losing a job in an economic depression, or your home due to a fire. Over the last two years, everyone has been affected in one way or another by COVID-19, stretching from things like health, fellowship, and even loss of life. Putting your trust in God during times like this is critical in our lives. He is there to pick you up when you feel like you're at your weakest moment, and he provides you with a family and a community sitting around you right now. My grandmother, Ann Payne, recently had hip replacement surgery, which was very physically and emotionally draining. It was tough for her to recover, falling more than once and needing all the help that she could get, but she had family and friends around her to support her along the journey. Her husband, Lanny, and son, Charles, were always there to pick her up when she fell. Psalm chapter 37, verse 3 states, Trust the Lord and do good. Live in the land and farm faithfulness. In the same way that she put trust into her family, we should put our trust into God in our weakest moments. He is always there to listen to us. We should be forever grateful for the community, the church, and the people we have around us, and thank the Lord for guiding us and watching over us through both the challenging and most fruitful moments in our lives. Good morning. My name is Abby Bible, and I have been attending First Presbyterian Church my entire life. I was baptized here, I grew up here, I made friends here. My faith journey is synonymous with this church and the youth program. The theme of our service here is trusting in the Lord, which many of you know that putting your trust in the Lord is a task easier said than done. Putting my trust in the Lord has looked differently throughout my life. As a child, putting my trust in the Lord looked like really praying that we would have a snow day. As I've grown, it's looked a lot different. More recently, it's felt like I've been yanked in a million directions just trying to hold on to graduation. There's been a lot of trusts put into the Lord to get me there. I've found that my time in the youth program has laid the foundation of my faith to be able to just hang on and put my trust in the Lord through this period of huge change. That foundation starts with Sunday school with the one and only Mrs. Sharon and of course, Mr. Raymond. The lessons I learned there have sculpted my entire life. The relationship I have with the Lord was built in Ms. Sharon's room. The most important lesson I learned there is that each relationship with the Lord is special. We were all special. 
Nothing was more sacred than our time spent together. Not even big church starting could stop until we were done. The most important part of our time was the end of class when we would pray. We light a candle and all have the opportunity to pray. And she made sure that we all knew that nothing was more important than our time there with the Lord praying. Because our prayers were important to God and Miss Sharon, so our parents knocking on the door and the clock saying it was 11 was never more important than us talking to God. <laughs> I learned that God valued me. There were so many people out there and there were so many things bigger than I was, and yet he was there to listen to me. I learned to trust the Lord. I then graduated from Children's Church and moved on to the youth program. I cannot say I think of being in middle school too fondly, but I suppose I learned a lot. In middle school, I joined the youth program and was so excited to be a big kid. I had watched my sister and all the older youth for years, and I looked up to them so much, and only because I'm graduating will I admit that now. In middle school, I went to my first retreat at Camp John Knox. I was hesitant to participate and hesitant to fully engage with the people around me. This was my first youth experience, and I just knew it was going to be special. I still remember the speaker was Andy Morgan, and the theme was pull up a chair. The entire keynote was about Andy's time in middle school and pulling up a chair to the cool kids table, where everyone was welcome because Christ was at the center of it. I took this message to heart and decided that I was going to make friends at this retreat because I was surrounded by a bunch of people who perhaps also wanted a seat at the table. And also, it was church, so everyone had to be nice, right? It was there I met a group of girls who I did not know at the time would become some of the best people I would ever meet. I put my trust in God to guide me through the awkward middle school times and try my best to branch out in a space that made me super uncomfortable. The next year at Camp John Knox, the very same girls were there, and I began to love youth and the amazing connections you make with one another. My eighth grade year was also the year of confirmation, which prepared me for when people would ask me questions like, aren't you a pescatarian? Or how are you a pedestrian? I could actually explain to them what Presbyterian meant. Confirmation is perhaps one of my favorite traditions. As you get older, it gets overlooked as being not that important. But to my faith, it was monumental. I mean, I've been here my whole life, so I know all that's going on, right? Wrong. It opened up all of these questions I had about all of these things I never knew about in the first place. Confirmation not only gives you the foundation of what exactly you believe, but it also allows you to ask a pastor, in my case Meredith, all of the burning questions you've ever had. And boy, did I. I connected to God on a different level. Until that point in a youth's faith journey, God and faith are given to you on a surface level. Yes, but through the confirmation process, you are given a deeper look into your personal faith and what a true relationship with God looks like. I learned why I put my trust in God. Now, I'm not sure the reason that confirmation happens in eighth grade, but I can tell you that having a strong foundation in faith upon entering high school is probably a good thing. I've certainly done the most growing during my high school years. Going from 14 to 18 is a huge gap in terms of development and in terms of my faith journey. Oh, and I guess somehow I've made it to big kid status too. Through high school, my faith has been tested to say the least, but through an amazing place called Montreat, my faith has blossomed. Those who have been to Montreat know that somehow God just feels closer. I cannot describe it any other way. You step into Anderson Auditorium and the only thing anyone can feel is overwhelming love. 
My first Montreat experience started off rocky. I was so unsure that it was going to be fun, but I found out one of the many amazing things about Montreat is that like every Presbyterian, or I've been beside every Presbyterian is there, and all of the friends I had made over the years were there too. I was determined to participate in everything that was there. I would not let my time there go to waste. I came back from Montreat with the strength and faith and a newfound love of a magical place. I have to say, the best year of Montreat for me was this past summer. I will never forget sitting outside with Grace and Mariansky after the candlelight service around Lake Susan and pondering why Montreat felt so special. I don't think we came to a firm conclusion because it's something I've thought about often since then. But the best answer I can think of is it's just the people there. The people are what make Montreat so special. For example, I brought along Cayman Lancaster to Montreat with me because Montreat was such a special place to me where my faith grew and I wanted to give that to him too. I watched our youth treat Cayman as if he were one of their own. And while it may not have meant much to them, it was so special to me. Montreat just brings out the absolute best in people and everyone can fit in, or as Andy would say, sit at the cool kids table. But if Montreat is so special because the people are so wonderful, the best part is that most of those people are all right here too. I love every member of our youth and being able to watch them grow in their faith journeys alongside me has been an absolute blessing. I'm sure you can ask anyone here, getting this far hasn't been easy. Sometimes youth don't always say the right things or act in the best manner, but it's all part of the journey. At the end of this service, most of you will come up here and shake our hands and say, great job. But as time passes, you will forget about how great you think we do today. So I ask that you don't. Get to know the youth here and how wonderful they are because they have all impacted my life and gotten me to where I am today. I'm a better person for having been a youth at First Presbyterian Church. And I just hope that all of you can offer your love and support to them as they have given to me. But for that, I will just have to put my trust in God. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> As many of you know, I am Harrison Candino, and I have a question that I would like to ask you. What is faith? Now, while that may sound like a simple question, it does go quite a lot deeper than that. And while we are all in the same congregation, the true definition of faith differs from each one of us to another. I mean, we all experience faith in different ways from each other. Despite this, we still all gather in worship of a common goal, which is to serve God. That is the beautiful thing about faith, is that it can be as unique as a fingerprint or as homogenous as water. Without faith in the community, surviving the pandemic would not have been possible, not in the same way. Speaking of the pandemic, these past two years have been quite challenging and uncertain and I would be lost without my faith that God would work through the community to push through the troubles of the pandemic. Because of God's workings through the community, the impact of the pandemic was lessened. Trusting in God to empower myself and those around me so that we might get through any adversity or uncertainty has been the main reason these past two years have been survivable. Growing up in First Pres has allowed me to recognize kind, loving spaces and afforded me a community where I belong. I certainly have come a long way from singing songs in Ms. Sharon's classroom, and First Pres has prepared me for wherever I may go next. The takeaway from these past two years is that no matter how bleak the outlook is, our congregation will persevere through any hardship.
So again, good morning. <laughs> so I'm Ann Eddins, and we all know God is watching over us. We know this. Jesus died on a cross for our sins. We know this as well. These are facts that we know based on the Bible. Now, for an example, when you have a good friend, I'd assume you know that friend inside and out and vice versa. But trusting that friend is a completely different story. Giving complete faith in that person and trusting them to guide you in the right direction in life is hard. Knowing that God forgives us and knowing that our sins are forgiven and that he has a plan for us is different from trusting the decisions that God makes in our lives. Trusting is a hard thing to come to. For most people, they drop their trust when life gets hard and they're thrown off track. For me, this is completely true. If you do not already know, there's a pandemic called COVID-19. This made many people's lives difficult, as we have all been through tough times. The year of 2020 into 2021 was the roughest part of my life. I was constantly getting injured, causing my activities to be limited. My love life was not going very well. I had parted from a long-lasting significant other, making me feel alone. I then lost my best friend towards the beginning of 2020, not to death, but to society's so-called rules that they did not want to break. Most of the people at school were not talking to me. They started ignoring me. And since I didn't have a friend group, it was hard for me socially. I used to love going to school and socializing with everyone, but then it became a pit of loneliness. This caused my grades to drop, and my work in school got sloppy. I brought that struggle to the diving board and was losing against myself in sports. I had no clue how to pick myself back up. These losses happen every day in life, but to me, I was numb. I started losing trust in God every day after those moments. Thoughts of suicide and self-harm clouded my brain from day to day, and I started eating less and less, starving myself. I was on my way to one of my favorite places in the summer of 2020, the Peninsula Club. My emotions caught up to me, and I found myself driving off the side of the road. I saw no life living for. Luckily, I was able to get back on the road without injury to me or the car. I spent the rest of that afternoon in the corner of a lifeguard shed. In that time in the corner, I questioned God and the decisions that he made in my life. I did not trust God anymore. I was angry with him for taking, it seemed, almost everything from me. I was stressed, upset. My anger and my temper started to get worse and worse. I was no longer reading the Bible or praying. I was struggling for a very long time. Toward the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021, a friend noticed that I was struggling and acting different. She started checking in on me every now and then. Her name is Genevieve. I've always envied her faith and trust in God and those people around her. She lifts up every person that she knows. One day, after diving practice, she gave me a song to listen to. 
She told me that whenever she feels like she's being burdened or upset, she listens to it. The first few times I listened to the song, I took it for granted. I told myself, what is a silly song going to do to help me when I can't even think straight? The name of the song is Overcomer. I thought it was cheesy. I started to pay attention to the lyrics, and I heard what I needed to hear. Got so much on your mind. Nothing's really going right. Looking for a ray of hope. Everybody's been down, hit the bottom, hit the ground. You're not alone. Just take a breath. Don't forget. Hang on to his promises. He wants you to know you're an overcomer. At first, I thought the, the lyrics were cheesy as well. But I realized that I, needn't, I did need to listen to this song. I started to slowly take one unhealthy habit away at a time. I started to feel better, and I started back reading the Bible and praying. I started to trust God more and knew that there was some meaning to my life. I just didn't know it yet. At this time, it was the middle of 2021. Although I was still struggling with eating more than one meal a day, life was getting a lot better. I was doing great in most aspects of my life. Now, it is 2022. I've gotten rid of every bad habit I had back in the year of 2020. Everyone is going to struggle here and there, no matter what. I keep a cross in my car to make me remember that I'm not alone. I know that, that I was not meant to go to heaven that summer day in 2020, but that I have a bigger purpose in life and God gave me challenges to overcome. I have learned that if I do not give up on God and trust the decisions he makes, I'm sure to have a bright future, and I now know that I am truly an overcomer.